Bad news. Bad news for the state. Bad news for capital. Bad news for patriarchy. Bad news for all forms of domination. Bad news. Angry voices from around the world. Our monthly info show from anarchist and anti-authoritarian radio projects worldwide. If these news are bad, I don't want to be good. Welcome to the 72nd episode of Bad News, a monthly radio show produced by Anarchist and Anti-Authoritarian Radio Network. In this episode, we'll hear contributions from the final straw radio from the so-called USA, Frequence A, a podcast and radio show from Leipzig, and Free Social Radio 1431 AM from Thessaloniki. First, we'll listen to a contribution by the final straw radio. The following is a portion of a transcribed and re-recorded interview with three people involved in supporting the defendants in the December 8th case, in which seven anarchists, including a former YPG fighter who goes by Libre Flo, are accused of preparing a paramilitary uprising against the French state. Hi everyone, you can call me Libre Flo. It will be easier. As the trial begins, I do not have a lot of time to devote, so my answer will be brief and simple. Hi, I'm W. So we're here to speak about the trial of the folks of the December 8th affair in France. Would you tell us about the period around December 8th, 2020, when the initial arrests were made, and what was known at that time about the state's intentions? It was not long after the Black Lives Matter movement, and many people questioned the purpose of the police and the way it works. In recent memory in France, it was the first time that there was such a craze on the issue of the abolishing the police. It was also during a period when the state was trying to pass its global security law, strengthening the power, rights, and weaponry of the cops, while diminishing the means of the right to defend ourselves from the abuse. A case of so-called leftist terrorism was manufactured by the police in a timely way to restore the reputation of the cops, thwart leftist movement, and to criminalize the protest movements while destabilizing the movements by means of state terror. And also, in this context of global security, the police arrested an Islamist man on October 13th and a man of the extreme right on December 17th to complete the range of enemies of the Republic, to show that their anti-extremism isn't partisan one way or another. Can you tell me who's part of this case? What are they being accused of, uh, the case of December 8th, and how are the accused connected to each other? In this case, as the intelligence services had pointed out in the media more than a year earlier, the aim was also to criminalize internationalist fighters who left for Rojava. The case is therefore centered on me and friends that I met during the official monitoring period. A white note, that is to say an unsigned intelligence service document, with information of unknown origins, demanded the start of an investigation. The intelligence investigation focused on me because I participated in my small scale within the units of protection of the people, YPG, in the fight against ISIS terrorists and for the protection of the revolution in the north and east of Syria, working for the liberation of women, for a democratic society open to all ethnic groups and religions, and for the protection of nature. In order to nab the terrorist organization designed and desired by the GGSI, Direction Générale de Sécurité Intérieure, It was necessary to manufacture a group membership. So these are some of my friends who had the misfortune of being documented saying anti-cop words, often while drunk, to make dubious jokes, to make firecrackers, or to play airsoft. They are not only friends, but also the relatives of my friends. Many of them do not know each other, but what binds them is to have once been in my presence. What evidence does the government provide in order to prove such a conspiracy? then it becomes confusing. Moreover, I admit that I did not take enough time to look at the subject of anti-terrorism. Nevertheless, we can briefly explain the trick like this. In France, anti-terrorist justice is an exceptional justice. 
the normal or common law no longer applies. Even the definition of the terrorist criminal association is incomprehensible. It means everything and nothing. In addition, in practice, the presumption of guilt is often imposed. Basically, it's up to the accused to prove that the accuser's delusions are false. Sometimes we end up with things as abhorrent as, you were abroad on such and such a date, we do not know or we cannot prove what you did there, but we think that maybe you could have done this or that, so if you do not have the means to prove the contrary, we feel that this is what happened. Now I'm doing a bit of a shortcut, but that's the idea. Often we can't prove what we were doing because there was nothing extraordinary, so we don't remember. Or we don't have evidence that we did anything special. It's just the DGSI and or the PNAT, Parquet National Antiterroriste, invents a story without proof, and it would be up to us to bring the evidence that this is not true. In fact, the AMT, that is the Terrorist Criminal Association, the, that arrested the accused person, doesn't require the demonstration of knowledge of an aim to an accused conspiracy or the number of people accused of participation in said conspiracy or their identities. In fact, there is no need for the state to prove anything. You can be accused of AMT with no evidence. The state thinks you are a terrorist, so you become this thing in the eyes of the court. On this, the police are able to spy on people, to follow them around. It's a shitty accusation. It can be used for anything. This category of AMT, or Terrorist Criminal Association, was created in 1996, and the aim was to punish the preparation of acts before they are carried out, and to open judicial investigations in a preventative way by integrating elements of information, i.e. the famous white notes. From 2016, all individuals who visited the, quote, zone, places like Iraq and Syria, and who joined a terrorist organization, here we are referring specifically to Daesh, are considered under the jurisdiction of an AMT. Judges are therefore required to assess the potential dangerousness of the accused and to analyze their radicalization processes in order to prevent a potential terroristic action. They must therefore make a prediction about future actions from a profile. The thing Libra said before about how you're expected to prove you didn't do something against an accusation elicits a response from authorities of the example of taqiyya for Islamic people, that's concealment in Arabic, in which an Islamicist might mask one's commitment in order to avoid persecution. So, if there's no physical evidence of the accused engaging in illegal activity, the state still considers them as guilty. In terms of the December 8th case, can you talk about the conditions of people's confinement during this long pretrial period? So, I will try to be brief. Nine people were arrested on December 8th. At the end, two were released and seven will go to trial. Of the seven, two live three under judicial control, seji, like probation. The CG rules are restrictions and obligations that must be respected under penalty of going directly to prison. They're more or less binding. The five to go to prison spent most of a week in segregation and were then put with the other inmates, but under a special status of DPS, needing special attention, which differentiates them from the others and imposes special treatment, strip search after visiting rooms, more guards at each exit of the cell, etc. As for me being the main target because of my political orientation, combined with my experience with the YPG, I was directly sent to isolation, which is considered by human rights organizations to be what they call white torture. I've already described the isolation in the text of this time. I do not know if they were translated, but I could not better define it today. This isolation was, from the beginning, illegal and ordered by the government. I later learned about this from the director of the prison. Generally in France, isolation is in preventative detention, prison before trial, is used to pressure the defendants, make them crack, make them accept any accusation. So it was four months for two friends, 10 months for another, and 11 months for the last of my friends. For me, it was 16 months in all, including 36 days on hunger strike. 
hunger strike that was almost fatal. The consequences of the hunger strike seem to be finally resolved. On the other hand, as for isolation, there are still some slight physical and psychological consequences, regardless of the order of socialization, affectivity, fear, etc. I described them in a text of March 30th, 2023. How can listeners in the audience support the legal defense as this case comes to trial? What could be expected at the trial? Can you name the dates of when the trial is happening? And how can listeners support from abroad? Trial is happening from October 3rd until October 27th. I think it may be wise to let the French state knows that the world is watching, that France will not be able to do its little tricks in its private corner. Gathering in front of embassies and consulates can be one way. After that, I'm not here to tell people what they should do, but everyone should do what they think is wise. There's also, and this isn't fun to talk about, the financial side. These lawyers cost money, and there are logistical needs for support committees to consider, etc. Yeah, speaking of money, there is a link on the support website, and I think that rallies in front of embassies is a great idea. Generally, any event to get attention to the issue is great. To hear the rest of the interview, find our October 10th episode at thefinalstrawradio.noblogs.org, where you can also read the transcript or print off the zine of the interview. You can keep up on the case, share your solidarity actions, and make donations at solidarity2december8.wordpress.com. Moving on with our 72nd episode of Bad News, we will hear an interview prepared by Frequenz A about a trailer park Karl Helga in Leipzig that is under the threat of ever-present forces of gentrification. The trailer park Karl Helga, or Klinge, as it is called too, in the west of Leipzig is a place with a long history and over years a place for various social, cultural and anarchist come-togethers and a home for over 30 people and children. With concerts, theater, festivals, exhibitions, handcrafts, knowledge exchange or simply as a meeting and networking place, the place and its residents create a socio-cultural free space, lively and uncommercial in the neighborhood. Political and ecological aspects also play an important role. People who live there think about questions of climate catastrophe, racism, social isolation, and want to preserve alternative, climate-friendly forms of housing and a green and livable city for all people. As a socio-cultural free space, Kalhega is an open, queer and uncommercial meeting and networking place for friends, neighbors, visitors of all ages, musicians and artists from local to international. The residents take clear position against the right, racism, sexism, discrimination, exclusion and exploitation at the expense of the environment, people and animals. In retrospect to recently past trailer days in Leipzig, we had a talk to a resident from Karl Helga. Can you shortly describe what makes your trailer place different from other places in Leipzig and even over the city borders? Yeah, Karl Helga is a self-managed social cultural living project with anarchist structures, home to over 60 diverse people, POC, queer, children, elderly, and people in transit or passing through and living their lives in this community. Some since birth and others take it as an opportunity if they have no other place to stay, escaping from being homeless. Probably it's one of the biggest diverse and open communities with its one to four hectares in the green, 
Additionally, it's one of the last biotopes in Plaquitz, which has to be protected from current developments. Since it offers habitat for people, trees, plants and protected species. For this and thanks to alternative way of life in trailer, we make an important contribution to environmental and climate protection. In addition, the trailer park is known as a non-commercial cultural meeting place, even beyond the city limits. Its regular and diverse events are as diverse as its visitors, concerts, plenaries, band rehearsals, workshops, theater, and much more take place self-organized and donation-based. Due to the variety and numerous offers, Kalhelga is an integral part of the lively neighborhood of Blackwoods, open to all those who adhere to our values of equality. All gender welcome, no racism or any other form of discrimination. What do you think about first when you think on your place? Like about communities supporting each other, a lot of self-reflection and learning from each other, or laughing together around the fire in the evenings, living meaningfully, also like the possibilities and responsibilities of freedom, like feminist values. Your home is in danger. There are ideas and plans to clear your space in nearby future. Can you briefly sum up the actual situation for our listeners? To sum up shortly, at the beginning of the Corona period 2020, one of the largest construction contractors, Christoph Gröner, with its stock corporation Sigi, was able to buy our place, ignoring our interest and the city's right of first refusal at a relatively low price. And since then, we have been campaigning at all levels for the preservation of Karl Helga as a living space a place of culture with its ecological and urban climate relevant significance. As far as our capacities allow us, we network with citizens' initiatives like the Initiative for the Green Plaquitza Bahnhof, neighbors, projects, we meet with politicians, the press and even once with the owner. This year started with our big neighborhood festival, 15 years Karl Helga. The four to five thousand visitors showed us the big support and solidarity we have in Leipzig. Now we are overwhelmed again because of the feedback to our petition. According to the recommendations of the climate emergency, we demand the implementation of the results of the Leipzig climate studies from 2021. So important fresh air corridors and thus our trailer park should be preserved. The answer was in less than three weeks, more than 9,000 people signed in order to set an example for climate protection and open spaces and against commercial development of unsealed natural areas and gentrification. Karl Helga stays. Uh, for further information, you can talk to us personally at our events and concerts. Write us an email to kalhelga at posteo.net or find out more via our homepage. There you can also find a link to our petition. Please spread and sign the last weeks going on kalhelga.noblox.org. Thanks. The evacuation of the Köpiplatz two years ago shows what happens if the city is given to despotism of carpetbangers and investors. How is your relationship with the city of Leipzig? Do you get any support? 
Yeah, in Leipzig on one hand, we are lucky having a lot of tolerated trailer parks, some good city councillors. But on the other hand, speculation and capital interests, unfortunately, everywhere take precedence over the needs of people and environment. More than two years, we are in an intensive cross-party exchange with city councillors, the various authorities and committees. Individual politicians are committed to us and really try to support us. At the moment, we are curious to see whether the administration will do its part to meet climate targets and sustainable urban development. Not like in the last 20 years, do we densify, build on, and thus displace all existing structures, social, economical, and ecological, for some investor dreams. No matter of increasing problems caused by climate change, like heat deaths in cities or social housing shortages or inequality. What are next planned actions and steps from you residents? Next steps are continuing to deal with internal issues, despite of the external threat, continuing to organize our cultural events, communicating with responsible persons from administration and politics, work on the implementation of the petition demands, which means modification of the development plan for the preservation of our living space with its 400 trees and the whole social cultural project, participation in city council meetings, go on with press and public relations, with networking. What options and ways exist to support you in action? We are happy about any support with networking, public relations, exchange of experiences and similar processes, especially with big investors of final opponents like Sigi and other owners who put their private profit interests above the common good and as well as politicians and structures who support such acting. We love all ideas or concrete beautiful actions against this and of course breeding our info. The trailer days meetings in Leipzig are some days ago now. What can you take up out of these days for your space? The big meeting of trailer people all over the country last weekend meant lots of support, the feeling that we are many and the hope that the rethinking regarding climate change, finite resources and the threat of the basis of our lives versus endless growth, which has been taking place in the population for a long time, should be also reflected in the decisions of economic policy action. It was networking and good ideas, uh, suggestions, awareness for feminist structures against patriarchal capitalist problems of our today's life and society. As a part of the meetings, there was a demo on Monday, 2nd of October, Under the call, Karl Helga stays forever, all places remain. On the streets, there was given a common sign. For Leipzig's unique uncommercial cultural and meeting places. For the preservation of alternative climate-friendly forms of housing. For a green and livable city for the people and not for the profit of individuals. How does this action felt for you as Bewonis? For us, it was incredible, beautiful and good to see and feel the support and everything everyone contributed to make it possible. Thanks again to everyone. Also in terms of content and good speeches and a peaceful and good atmosphere. Well, except for embarrassing cop actions that pounce on individual participants with absurd accusations. At this point, once again, all our solidarity and feel free to contact us if we can support you in any way. Carl-Helga at posteo.net
Can you describe a situation that kept in mind especially? I especially remember the feeling of being careful with each other so we can be dangerous together in our rally team and also the inspiring and encouraging Flinta Plenum. Thank you, Karl Helga and all free spaces and trailer parks forever. Last but not least, we will hear a collection of news prepared by the Free Social Radio 1431 AM. Greetings from Greece from Free Social Radio 1431 AM. On 13th of September, police evicted the Vagalismo squad at Heraklion of Greece and arrested 10 comrades that were inside. During the eviction, a comrade got to the point of jumping from the squad's roof because of the violent situation police had created. The comrade got transferred to the hospital and, without getting any real treatment, got taken to the police headquarters. Having two broken fingers, bruised legs, a dislocated arm and fractures on his spine, Police denied to get him to the hospital despite his will. After the eviction, a demonstration got organized in solidarity with a squad that got attacked and by riot police with tear gas and flashbang grenade, resulting to one comrade getting arrested. The simultaneous evictions of both Evangelismo squad and a squad at the Polytechnic School of Athens led to a mass movement in Greece and abroad. On Sunday, the 8th of October, a demonstration got organized at Heraklion with over 2,500 people attending. 
to defend the Evangelismo squad, which again got attacked by the riot cops with lots of tear gas. Solidarity with the 11 arrested comrades and the squads. In the beginning of September, the storm Daniel burst and there were a lot of destructions at the Thessalic plain, with a large number of dead and missing animals and humans. Specifically in the areas of Volos and Karditsa, the local people suffered due to the lack of clean water and electric power. The total number of deaths that got announced is up to 17 and one missing. However, the government left out on purpose all the missing dead migrants and the non-human murdered lives that are up to 150,000. On the 1st of September, on the provincial road of Revison, 58-year-old Kostas Mojidakis got pulled over by cops. They claimed it was about a minus quantity of hash. They forced him out of his car and into a field. They began beating, thrashing him, and they handcuffed him while shouting, where did you get that? Who gave it to you? Right after the arrest, with his hands behind his back, they dragged him to the patrol car about 150 meters away. He had already informed them he had a heart condition. Unable to withstand the suffering he underwent, Magidakis collapsed. The cops, through a phone call with EMT, tried to improperly knuckle him. A man stopped his car to help him while shouting at the cops to at least remove his handcuffs. A woman tried to give him first aid until the ambulance arrived. The following inaccuracies are what reached the public eye. Typical traffic police check. Superhuman efforts by the cops to help him return to his senses without a word about beating and arresting him. Inspection at Voak Creech Highway while all that took place at the provincial road of Revison. Pathological issues of death, absence of lesions. This article was published before his own son was notified about the situation. The injuries were too obvious to Magnodakis' family and the doctor. They were even visible to whoever attended his funeral. The family has pressed charges and has begun the fight alongside the people who stand solidarity. All this reminds us once more that in this country we live by luck. Solidarity with Magnodakis' family. On 14th of September, construction work began on Filkeram grounds that got bought by a fund which is part of the squatted grounds of Factory of Biomet, threatening the factory. The workers of the 10-year-old worker-managed factory would not accept ultimatums and would not take a step back and called on the public for solidarity and defense. Movement started to take place while people assembled in Biomet on a daily basis to show their support and solidarity and defended from the state and the fund. That was until the 27th of September, where all previous calls were cancelled by the workers' meetings. They decided to accept the fencing and negotiated with the lawyers of the Filkeram company. Their terms never met a response by the company until the 13th of October, where numerous police forces showed up in Viome, trapped the workers in the squad building 60, threatened to send more forces to banish them and fence the place enclosing the entrance and the roads leading to the factory. The district attorney and the lawyers claim the ground 60 will remain untouched and they press them to evacuate only the company grounds. The cops restrain the workers even from grounds that don't belong in the fund. The workers of Biome are determined to remain and defend the regained worker managing factory. The workers organized a one-day festival which was attended by hundreds of people to show their solidarity.
right in the middle of Sindama Square right now. Police is behind me. Many police officers have been hurt. Men and women who are trying to protect democratically elected leaders. Bad news. Angry voices from around the world. Local anarchists and anti-authoritarian radio shows on one spot. Tune in every 15th of the month. More information on a-radio-network.org. What's the revolution to you? <laughs> to kill your bosses and take their money. 